0: The scripture reading today is found in Leviticus chapter 19 verses 1, 2, and 15 through 18 on page 184 in your pew Bible. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Do not pervert justice do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about speaking slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The New Testament reading is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 46, on page 1535 in the Pew Bible. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What what do you think about the Messiah? whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions the word of God the people of God
1: Would you pray with me this morning Lord we pray that as we worship you today and as we have sung and pray and as we hear your word Lord, that you would meet us where we are, for the cares of our lives are real and heavy. And yet we know, Lord, by your peace, with your great grace and mercy that is lavished upon us and through your love. Lord, you will meet us where we are. You will sustain us and strengthen us for the journey ahead. So, Lord, meet us now, for without you we can do nothing. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Some old friends here who I just noticed this morning. So bless you guys. Good to see you. I can do it myself. How many of you have ever uttered those words? Yeah? All right. Let's be honest. I can do it myself. How many of you who have ever said those words? Okay. There's a few more hands. Favorite phrase of kids everywhere and some adults too. I remember visiting a friend up in the middle of the woods of Maine and sleeping in a tent outside that night because there was no room in the house. And I had my tent that I meant to put it together. My friend was with me, my friend Davey, who's a Navy veteran, and he kept saying, let me help you put that tent together. You know what I said? <laughs> I can do it myself. I forced those poles in through the spots in the tent, and I'm working at it, trying to get it set up, and it, it looked good enough. So, you know, nighttime came, and finally it was time to go to sleep and got in the tent. And I got in there. You know what happened? Yeah. Flip, flip, flip. It started to rain. And within five minutes, guess what happened? That tent fell right in. So you know what I had to do? I had to go back inside, wake up my friend Davey and say, I need your help. I couldn't do it myself. Now, maybe it's putting tents together. Maybe it's trying to assemble a piece of furniture. If you really want to test a marriage, try to put together a piece of furniture. Maybe it's other things in life. A health concern. The loss of a family member. Change that is unwelcome. And sometimes the impulse in life is to say, I can do it myself. I can do it. And yet there is a theme all through Scripture theme in the scriptures that Anne read for us this morning. And you know what it is? That we cannot do things by ourselves. We can't. It's not how God made us. Whether it's putting together a tent, or making it through a journey of grief, we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. When you look at the book of Leviticus, a book that we looked at briefly a few weeks ago when we were looking at the theme of holiness, Leviticus contains all sorts of laws, 613 laws that God gave to his people. And so often for us as Christians, we get to Leviticus and we get hung up. And sometimes we breeze right through it to get to the action. And yet there's a reason that God gave his people... All these laws. And there are moral laws. There are uh, juridical laws. That is laws that would govern how the people would live together in community. And what they could and could not do. Then there were were ethical laws. And liturgical laws. But how they were to worship God. And what they were to wear. And where they were to go. And what what the worship space was to be like. And God gave them all these laws to set them apart as a holy people. And over and over again through the laws, whether it's an ethical imperative or a judicial law or a moral law, you find this theme of love. There are all sorts of laws about how uh, the Israelites, these special chosen people of God, were to treat foreigners. And it wasn't just to give them laws for things to do, it was because love demanded that they treat their neighbor in a particular way. God gave them all sorts of laws about how they were to worship so that they could be formed and shaped by God's love. God's love. Love is a thread that weaves its way all through these laws. And as Melissa reminded us in children's time, over and over again in the Gospels, we come to these stories and we find that religious leaders have gotten together often in an attempt to trap Jesus. They're looking for a reason to be able to haul him before the religious leaders and to accuse him so that they can finally be rid of this pesky man. And so some come to him and they say, what is the greatest... Commandment in the law. In order to test him. And what does Jesus say? He quotes the book of Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. All, Jesus says, all of the law and all the prophets, everything in the Jewish tradition, hangs on those two things. If you take love out of the equation, then it is just rules for rules' sake. Everything hangs on loving God with the totality, the entirety of your being and loving your neighbor as yourself. That pushes against this impulse that we all have I think I can speak for all of us. The impulse that we all have to say, I can do it myself. Because whether or not we say those words aloud or not, so often, so many of us, even Christians, live as if we do. That we can do it ourselves. Jesus... Over and over again, the Gospels reveals this truth to us. That the Gospel, the good news of what God has done for us in Christ, which is then given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, all of it is relational. It's all relational. It's all about relationship. Our relationship with God being restored, so that our relationship with others around us can then be rectified And made right again. It has to be in that order. There's a reason loving God is the number one commandment. Because if that's not right, none of this is going to be right either. Because it is the love of God active in our lives that flows through us. That allows our relationships around us. To then be ones of goodness and kindness and empathy. Real love. In Jesus' day, even among the religious leaders, if you read the text closely, this becomes so apparent, is that they believed that they could do it themselves. They were well-educated. They had nice vestments on. The people around them would see their public piety and would esteem them and say, Oh, how wonderful they must be. Over and again we see that, even among the religious of Jesus' day, that they could do it themselves. Over and again in the Gospels, we see Jesus connecting so deeply with people who were at the end of themselves and who realized that they could not do it by themselves. The woman at the well, the man by the pool of Bethsaida, The man begging, uh, blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, who's begging for alms and for someone to notice him. It's the people who know that they can't do it by themselves who seem to get Jesus. Because Jesus is all about entering into the self-centeredness and the pride of an individual's life and showing them that they can't do it on their own. So in Leviticus, in the law, and in Matthew, when Jesus is approached by these religious leaders, we find that he gives them the imperative, echoing the law in the Old Testament, the imperative of love. Now, when we get to this scripture, it does seem simple, doesn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yay, we got it. We're good Christians. Woo-hoo. It's really hard. Because there's a lot of unlovable people in this world. Goodness, there are New York Jets fans. You knew I had to get that in when you had that Jets blanket on you. So often we come to Scripture and we will say, yes, yes. We love everyone. Love, love, love. Love is good. And yet, friends, if you're honest with me and if I'm honest with you, in the quiet of our heart, don't we want to put qualifiers on who we love? I love this person, but not that person. Oh, this person who looks differently from me. Oh, they came from a different country. Oh, they vote differently than I do. I don't have to love them. You know, in the law that God gave the Israelites to form them into a holy people so they could reflect His love, there are so many laws about how they were to treat and live with people who were completely different from them in every way imaginable. People who worshipped differently. People who came from a different land. People who ate different foods. People who spoke different languages. Because... It seems that God knew something for his people then and for his people now that it can be really hard to love in the midst of deep difference. It doesn't mean that difference goes away. It doesn't mean that everything is just kind of becomes this vanilla hodgepodge in the middle of life. Not at all. Difference is real. And in spite of that, were to love, because love goes so much deeper than the surface. Because, the scriptures say, when you and I were unlovable, somebody loved us. When you and I were far away from God, God came close to us. When you and I had God furthest from our minds and we're completely absorbed with ourselves, God came to us and gave us His very life. So, when we say it's difficult, I can't do it. That's right. You can't do it on your own. None of us can. To live up to this standard, to love God with the totality of our being, And to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. It's a tall order. It's darn near impossible. We can't do it on our own. We can only love because God first loved us. And he gives us his love not as something that we hoard. But as a gift to constantly give away. So when the next time we come across a person who might support a candidate we find so offensive, that does not stand in the way of our love. The next time we come across someone who might believe something that we find totally off the wall, that does not hinder our love for that person. The next time God brings someone into our path who presses all the right buttons and gets us so angry, And you know those people, you're thinking of them in your head right now. We love them. Because it's not us. It's God working through us so that his love can enter the life of another individual. And that they then have the opportunity to experience the life-giving liberation that you and I have experienced because we've put our faith in the one who stretched out his hands and loved even his enemies. Friends, love this imperative to love God and then to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, to look out for the needs of others over ourselves to to in echoing Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2 to put the mind of Christ on that esteemed others more highly than himself. That is all the outworking of love. And if we're going to follow Jesus seriously, we have to be willing to go all the way. We have to be willing to be in the company of our enemies and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. We have to be willing to be in the midst of those who, like Jesus, would try to test and tempt him. And yet we stand strongly and speak the words of life. Friends, the gospel is not a solitary endeavor. None of us can do this on our own. We need God. Who has promised. To so fill us with his love and with his Holy Spirit. So that everywhere we go. Everyone we meet, every word that we utter, every thought that we have can be so bathed in the love of Christ that perhaps there will be folks around us who will say, how is that person so at peace in the middle of this difficulty? How can that person speak a kind word to this other individual? How can that person be so gracious and kind it's not us it's God that's why friends we can't do it alone and thanks be to God for that amen amen, amen.